to another episode of Talking Devs, where we discuss the show Devs on FX on Hulu. And tonight's a special episode because this is the finale, episode eight. Uh, and I'm excited because, as always, I'm joined by Jimmy. Jimmy, how are you doing? I don't know what I am anymore. I'm not even choosing the words I speak now. All right. Well, apparently we got Sonoya Mizuno instead of Jimmy on the line. No, I'm doing great. I'm uh, happy to finally hop on the uh, podcast line with you to talk about this uh, season, possibly series, actually probably series, series finale. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard any word of season two. I mean, if it's uh, well received, I could see them trying to do one. But uh, yeah, this this might be the last one we ever watch. Um, and yeah, excited to kind of dig in. I thought overall I was I was pretty satisfied Nothing crazy on the twist front, I would say. I was I was expecting something, but uh, in that regard, but you know, I, I guess I was I was happy even without without anything too too off the wall there. Yeah, I think if you had started to pay attention to the pace of the show, you would have seen that they weren't trying to. I think trying to pull the rug under mm-hmm. us at the final episode. So I I ended up with a little more tempered expectations in terms of like, I wasn't looking for some crazy mind bending twist. I just wanted to see how they resolved all the storylines. And I mean, I guess we'll get to that at the end in terms of what we thought of how they resolved Lily, Forrest, et cetera's stories. But yeah, so we'll, we'll kick off uh, with what happened in the episode and it opens pre title screen. Uh, basically you see the shattered box and Stuart, has a few interesting quotes. He's sitting there and talks about the uh, Falcon and the Falconer and uh, things fall apart, talking about the center cannot hold. And then I think probably the most relevant one is he says, the best of people lack all conviction. The worst of all are full of passionate intensity, which to me seems like a contrast of Lily being the former and then the passionate intensity being Forrest in terms of his, uh, his pursuit uh, of his goal, uh, and he'll stop at nothing. Um, Wait, real quick, actually. Yep. About yeah. an hour ago, we got an email about this uh, real time poem that Stuart email. was reciting. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teresa from the Bay Area uh, wrote in. She's a high school English teacher, and she said, "Hi, Scott and Jimmy. W. B. Yates. I think that that's how you say his name. W. B. Yates. The Second Coming is a really interesting poem. The unique, dark, apocalyptic imagery." is appealing and thought-provoking to readers of all ages. One of the most prominent themes of the poem is a slow, deliberate descent into chaos or madness. As I watched the final episode, I was intrigued not just by the poem itself, but by who was reciting the poem, Stuart. I thought about Yeats' words when Stuart dropped the glass box elevator thing to the ground because maybe in his own way, he thought he was bringing an end to all the chaos. Interesting. I think he did, right? Like he probably thought he was uh, you know, killing forest, um, and probably bringing an end to the whole devs machine, uh, which, you know, things get complicated later, but I I think you're totally right. But yeah, we'll get to it later, but I I think, yeah, I mean, the act of Lily throwing the gun out is what created the chaos because everything up to that point was all following kind of the deterministic theory. So yeah, Stuart took it upon himself to, uh, put things back on track. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, and much more to dive into, but I love the the real time uh, fan mail. If you've got anything more that comes in, let us know while we're while we're recording. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the title scene, you see Lily walking into Devs, which is you know how the last episode had left off with a cliffhanger, and you know you see this really kind of 
creepy uh, lighting with the focusing on, on the main devs machine, uh, the empty devs terminals there. Uh, and you see Forrest just sitting there uh, casually and very expectantly sees Lily walking in with a nonchalant, hi, Lily, uh, and invites her her in. Uh, and then you get this this pretty interesting scene with, uh, with Lily saying, like, I don't know what I am anymore, something that makes no decisions or choices. I'm not even choosing the words I say now. Uh, and Forrest says, I've watched this many times. They're just the things, uh, you know, that at this moment I feel like I want to say. So this is, this is, I think, is a lot about Forrest having seen this particular scene so many times over and over again. And there's just this sense of inevitability of how this is playing out and that the characters don't really, aren't really choosing their own destiny, destiny in any way. They're, this is just playing out how it's always played out. Yeah, it's interesting because Lily had that speech before Forrest explained all of that to her, right? So I don't really know. It kind of took me by surprise, this sudden change in Lily's attitude in terms of her buying into her inability to control her, her life. Mm-hmm. Right? She came in and just all of a sudden was like, I'm not even choosing the words I speak now. Um, and part of me wonders if maybe this was all an act on Lily's part. Like hmm. she knew they were expecting her to do something when she entered uh. devs. And so she went in being like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to play into their little deterministic theories. And then, you know, I'm going to set them up for whatever I end up doing that goes against what, what their projection says. Interesting. No, I like that. I hadn't actually thought about that angle, but I, I do like that a lot. That, that could definitely be what's happening. Um, and, and then you have, you know, Lily and Forrest having some back and forth, kind of a little bit of a rehash of uh, talking about determinism, uh, Forrest thoughts on that. And they zoom in on the rat on the table with this kind of this colorful rainbow uh, backsplash and him talking about how a small piece of information provides all information. So basically how they, they originally kind of zoomed in on the, the rat and seen all of the, the, you know, quantum particles or whatever. I'm sure I'm using the terminology wrong, but been able to kind of zoom in at the, the smallest subatomic level and then use that uh, as he said, that the state of every particle is related to the state of the particles around it and understanding the state of one, you understand the state of the other uh, and you can kind of know and predict everything. Um, so to me, I guess I wanted to jump in real quick and this is, you know, again, spoiler alert, but I'm feeling a lot of overlap with Westworld. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're current on, on the season, uh, with Westworld and the Rehoboam and we'll try again, not to give any like real spoilers, but there is this kind of a very similar vibe of what's going on. Uh, do you, do you have any thoughts on kind of the overlap between the two? We don't need to go too in depth on it, but yeah, well, I mean, in the basic premise of Westworld this season is they have a device called, and I'm going to screw up this name too, Re- Reba Home, Robohobo, Robohobo um, or Rehoboam, yeah. I think. Something like um, that. But basically this device is able to project everyone's uh, life. So whether you're going to be successful or a bum or whatnot, and because they're able to project everyone's futures, they are able to like companies, for example, or be able to make, decisions on that information so if you come in for interview and then i look in the rehoboam information and it says oh this guy's not gonna amount to anything i'm not gonna hire you so essentially everyone's life is already predetermined by this machine exactly yeah so i thought 
you know, some not exactly the same thing, but I do, I do feel like a lot of a lot of uh, overlap with with what's going on right now in Westworld, which is kind of weird watching devs on Wednesday or Thursday, and you get Westworld a few yeah. days later on Sunday. Um, but still, some different angles on what's going on, uh, and then. You have Lily and Forrest continuing their their back and forth and Lily talking about how Jamie, right before he had died, had talked about how the problem with the people that run tech companies are that they become fanatics and messiahs, more importantly, uh, which is a theme that will will come up throughout the rest of the episode. Um, and kind of as the word messiahs come up, comes up, Forrest uh, deflects a bit and says, well, this is the moment that you take the gun out. And, you know, not to worry, you're not about to use it, but, uh, you know, you Forrest tells uh, Lily that she's about to pull the gun out. And then you get uh, kind of an interesting shot um, of Forrest from the other side of the, the devs machine. And then you see Katie standing around the rat table uh, with this kind of very mad scientist vibe. And then you see the Amaya statue kind of starting to come to life. Uh, really kind of crazy uh, few short scenes right there. Um, and and, af- and after that, Lily says, well, you knew I'd come here. You know what happens. Um, but then obviously it all stops working because of the static and I must do something and the system breaks. Um, and she asks uh, Forrest, instead of telling him what she does, asks to him show. to show her. Exactly. Which once again, I think if Lily's trying to uh, put on an act, that's why she asks to see what she's going to do. Cause then she'll know exactly how to deviate from mm, it. Yep. Yep. That totally makes sense. Yeah. And then, so right there, uh, you know, Forrest says he'd try to talk her out of it, but he already knows that he doesn't. Uh, and then you change and you see the SIM screen changing right in front of them, uh, changes over from Amaya to then you have Katie watching Lily walk Forrest through up toward her uh, with a gun trained on Forrest. And Lily's dialogue here, I felt, was a little clever because she's saying, so this is where we get in. This is where we say goodbye. This is where we do this, which makes sense because she literally just saw it 20 (laughs) seconds prior. So she knows exactly this is what's happening. So I thought when they were watching the projection and they were watching her say that, it was kind of just like a nice little loop. Yeah. That's a good point. And you also see Forrest trying to reassure Katie and saying, hey, don't worry, it'll be okay. And then you have Katie freaking out, being like, I don't know why you say that. Uh, I think, and you can help me if I'm wrong, but isn't it pretty similar to what Forrest had said to Jamie? Yeah, when they were having their conversation on the porch outside Forrest's Mm -hmm. house, you said everything's going to be okay, which didn't make sense at the time and made less sense last episode when Jamie got killed. But here we see, um, at least not now, but in a, f- in a few minutes later in the episode, it, it makes it makes sense why Forrest says that because he, yep. he knew all this time that they would eventually be quote unquote resurrected. Exactly. And that's exactly what Forrest says uh, while he's in the cube, this first go round. And he says, Lily, you know what happens to messiahs, don't you? They get resurrected. And Lily says, fuck you. And Forrest is pleading with her to do it, do it. Uh, and Lily responds uh, by shooting him in the eye. And then you see the machine, the cube starting to, uh, to shatter and, you know, alarms are going off. 
and you see uh, Lily kind of trying to escape, thinking she's almost to the other side of the the vacuum seal, but it instead the cube drops and shatters on the the bottom uh, of the of the devs kind of moat of that, the vacuum seal. And this is the brief scene we saw in the projection that Katie was watching in episode five, where it briefly flashed uh, Lily lying on the ground somewhere, which at that point we didn't know where somewhere was, but it was highly suggestive that it might've been in the devs unit. Um, and it was this, it, the, mm-hmm. she was watching a projection of Lily dying due to, I guess what lack of oxygen, right? Cause the vacuum seal is now broken. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is this is the scene that Katie was watching where Lily's now just taking her last last breaths. Yep, exactly. So it's like and this leads up right to the static. So yeah, clearly Katie has watched everything meticulously, probably hundreds or thousands of times, uh, up to this point of the static. I'm sure Forrest has too. Yeah. Um one thing, okay, this is really random, probably not that important. But you know how Lily is crawling when she gets out of the cube on the on the floor, kind of across the once she leaves the cube Mm -hmm. so at first i was like i thought maybe she broke her legs due to the fall but then i watched it again this uh, the second time i watched the episode and she clearly is able to actually stand up and take a few steps and then once she leaves the cube she's basically pulled down toward the floor i don't know if it's some sort of you know, gravitational element or some aspect toward the vacuum. Uh, although I feel, I'd almost feel like with the vacuum, you would float up instead of be pulled down toward the ground. But I, I don't know yeah. if, did you notice that at all or think about that? Or anything? I did not. I, I literally was just like, Oh, she, <laughs> there's, there's no oxygen in that room. Right. So she tries to stand up and suddenly yeah. she can't. <laughs> so well, maybe that's, yeah, you. that could be it too. Uh, anyways, probably not important at all. I'm sure there's maybe there's some post on Reddit where they dive into the yeah. the physics of that. But it's interesting. I mean, I do want to go back yeah. to the to the cue before she shoots Forrest. He asks, "Do you know why you pull the trigger?" And Lily says, "It's for Jamie." And I just wanted to ask you: Do you believe her? Honestly, I don't think so. To me, it it doesn't seem like Jamie's really on her mind. It's more about exploring what's going to happen at devs and potentially trying yeah. to mess with what Katie and Forrest have going on. Well, she did take a while to respond to that question. Right. So yeah, it seemed like the safe answer for her to say this sure. is yeah, yeah, for yeah. Jamie. But yeah. So one thing I think we need to call out, uh, maybe you should, you should, uh, go through this, but, uh, the big reveal around the, the name of devs. Do you want to quickly chat on that? Oh yeah. I think I might've, uh, mentioned this in our very first pod, but while, while they're having this conversation in the cube, Forrest mentions that he has something to reveal to Lily, and that is that the project is not actually devs, um, but that the V is a U, because it's Roman, and it's Deus, meaning they are trying to be God in this project. Exactly. And then I think even on top of that, too, is the fact that uh, the movie he had was Ex Machina, which now if you string these together, deus ex machina, uh, yeah. the definitely a private, private joke. Which is, which is interesting because in ex machina, the word Amaya appears, I think, on a fence somewhere mm, as, as they're entering right. this, uh, this deserted facility. So it's just a little, I don't know, Alex Garland expanded universe joke. Yeah. Well, did you, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering like how much of this was maybe the, 
this idea kind of snuck out from screeners. People had the, the heads up on the dais or if there were, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, legitimate guesses on that. I'd be kind of curious. I mean, it seemed like a fairly obvious guess to yeah. make based yeah. on just what just based on the nature of what they were doing. Right. Yeah. They've, they've they've been playing God since episode one. Yeah. Right? So totally cool. OK, well. Great guess by you. I'm I'm really impressed. That was a that was a good one. Came true. I mean, all my other guesses did not come true. <laughs> no, so right. At least Same I have that one. I don't know if I got anything right. <laughs> um, other than maybe Jamie dying when he did. I was I was pretty close to to when that yeah. would happen. So then, uh, and I have a, a lot of notes here, but um, let's see. So after they fall, then I think we do we cut. I think we cut back to. Uh, pretty much almost a run up to to the same scene that we just saw, right? Yeah, it kind of just resets five minutes prior. Yeah, exactly. So, but in this case, uh, you have a little more Stuart here, um, and you uh, see Stuart kind of watching uh, a lot of the action play out, and it seems to be the scene just repeating itself over and over again. Except in this case, Lily throws the gun out of the cube literally out of the box thinking uh, from Lily and her and her uh, go experience before you're saying dad. she's thinking outside the box. <laughs> she might be thinking outside of the box as she okay. throws the gun outside of the box. You like, you like what I did there? Yeah. Um, and you also, uh, and everyone looks bewildered as she does yeah. it, by the way. Yeah. And this was, this was weird. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a, a really quick cut to there's the scene obviously playing out in the box and then you actually see lily standing there the watching static. the static yeah. yeah that was interesting um yeah i, I replayed that because i was like oh there's got to be some meaning behind this but i i don't know maybe the show's just saying this is ultimately what causes the static which i don't want to believe i i want to believe there's a deeper meaning <laughs> behind it wonder, but like do you think that's could... kind of the obvious thing to say yeah yeah no that that could definitely be it do you think it it could be like a cut to a few minutes before this happened, Lily watching the static. And then this is when she comes up the, with the idea of like how I would change what's going to happen. Like maybe that's the moment when she thinks, all right, I'm going to actually throw out the gun in a few minutes from now. If I were her, I would not even have waited until they got to the cube thingy, seeing that she had just seen her die in the cube thingy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I would not have even risked it that far and would have yeah. made my deviation a little <laughs> bit earlier. Like maybe yeah. shot Katie instead, right? Like, yeah, well, it's gotta be dramatic. Um, <laughs> and then you also, uh, you have Stuart who, you know, as the cube is approaching the other side of the vacuum, uh, you have Stuart entering his passcode makes an update and then you see the cube drop. Um, what, how did you take that as what, what, what were Stuart's intentions there? How did you read that? Well, first of all, why is it so easy to turn <laughs> off the electromagnetic field system on that capsule? Cause like he entered, it looked like three characters in the password field and all of a sudden this transportation system just collapses and kills everyone inside that's pretty and essentially just destroys their project. Right. Which brings me to my next question. And what, when they were designing the system, what real life scenario do you think they would really need to activate this emergency mm, disabling? Maybe like a spy like Sergey sneaking in or something. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I guess so. But it's so weird though. Yeah. Or was this set up because they knew this was always going to happen? Oh, interesting. Like they needed some fail safe. Well, that could be uh, it. But yeah, you think it would be like a, at least a few like, are you sure? 
uh, screens yeah. <laughs> before you, you know, remove the the vacuum seal and people plummet to their death. But, um, but yeah, so as the as the cube falls very similar, uh, like the you know the original, the first timeline, um, and you see Forrest really freaking out, right? When, when Lily throws out the gun, which is kind of weird, right? When someone decides not to shoot you, you would think people would be relieved and not panicking. But obviously the way I took it was Forrest is, is freaking out because it's not following the deterministic path. Um, you know, potentially freaking out maybe a little bit because it's not his view of the universe in terms of the deterministic view versus the multiverse, but also, I think probably much more important. He's worried that he's not going to be able to to see his family again. Um, and the show seems to contradict itself here because in the same uh, segment, they they cut to Stewart and Katie, and Katie's like, "Why did you do that?" And Stewart yep. says, "Don't blame me. It was predetermined." Yeah. <laughs> right. But no, literally, Lily just deviated from the projection, so it wasn't predetermined. And Stewart saying, "I was predetermined to do this." Well, I thought I took that as Stuart just making like a cheeky comment to mess with. Oh, Katie. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Cause he, I thought I th- pretty sure he probably believes in Lyndon's approach. Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it is, there's a lot going on and uh, it can get confusing there. Um, um, and lastly, you get a shot of Lily on the ground, seemingly dying. And then you see the Amaya statue uh, off in the distance with a cool kind of skyline behind it. And scene. And scene. And then uh, after that, really freaky, you get Forrest in this kind of, in this white, somewhat staticky space with these weird floaties. Uh, seems to be entering the simulation with these very jawing, jarring sounds. Uh, really freaky scene right there. And then you have Forrest actually talking with Katie, and she says she's in the visualization chamber and that Forrest is on the screen. And Forrest says that he's like, hey, I'm in the system now. Um, yeah, how, how is this yeah. possible, right? Because this is the first time we've seen communication between quote-unquote real world and a projection, right? And Katie's now communicating with a simulated version of Forrest on the screen. Yep. I don't think so. There hasn't been yeah. any sort of like two-way. It's not like yeah. Katie was talking to, you know, they weren't talking to Christ on the cross, right, before when they had those so how So how is this possible? Well, I don't know. This is a little bit... I guess it's it's a little different from time travel, but I think like you brought, brought it before, just kind of like this, yeah, you're, you've got a projection or some sort of um, flash back or forward, and you're, but you're actually interacting with what's going on screen. Yeah. Or I think it, but, it, but it supports kind of what I said last uh, pod where I theorized that Forrest's observation of the car crash might have caused the car crash itself. Mm. Um, since this scene now indicates that there might be some possible communic or at least crossover between the real world and a projected world. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so then we um, get into Forrest and Katie talking about some more kind of biblical elements. Uh, again, speaking of Messiahs earlier where, you know, Katie says, uh, you know, for all her talk of God and Messiahs, look how she turned out to be. Uh, she committed original sin, uh, disobedience. And then I thought this part was was interesting too. Is is basically Katie telling Katie telling Forrest like, "Hey, the system is all knowing and all powerful. I need you to understand precisely what that means." Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned, I I think this scene is really important because adding on to what you just said, 
It's at this point, it's at this moment that Forrest has to admit guilt in this world for his role in Amaya's death, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. prior in episode, I don't know, five or six, he said, we're going to be judge and jury here. Um, if determinism exists, then I'm innocent. If I'm wrong about determinism, then I had choices to make. I could have prevented Amaya's death. So I think this was just the final step in Forrest coming to terms with his guilt yep. before he can move forward. Exactly. And he he's acknowledges this and he says, uh, I want him back so much. And, you know, all right, fuck it. I guess wish me luck is what he says. So it seems like he's kind of willing to concede the fact that maybe, you know, he he was at fault for what happened, but he just wants to see his wife and daughter so much that he's willing to to finally admit that, even though he was so staunchly opposed to, to admitting that earlier. Yeah, but we just saw that you can communicate with the projection. So was he not okay with yeah. the, uh, communicating with a hundred percent real projection <laughs> of Amaya? Like, yeah, maybe we wanted to actually quote touch and quote hold them yeah. uh, in the in the simulation. But that's a fair point. Um, and then you have Katie who says she wishes him luck, but you can tell like she's sad. And there's, there's a good scene later with her, um, but. But how well, I think she's, she's lost very her conflicted. significant other, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. But it's weird, though. It's right because you you want to see a person you love happy, right? But if that means that you lose them, then you're obviously not uh, as fulfilled and happy as you could be, right? Because you're not mm-hmm. around them. So I think that's an interesting. Uh, it would have been funny if the very end of this, the last shot of the show was Katie appearing in the world. <laughs> Yeah, like hey, she had the like, senator hey. insert her into the simulation, <laughs> and now they're all together again. That would be pretty funny, but yeah. So after that, uh, we you cut to this really gorgeous overhead sweeping shot of the Bay Area, but mostly mostly kind of San Francisco and Marin, I think, with uh, some fog sitting uh, sitting on top of the the skyline, and then you zoom in on San Francisco. And then Dolores Park, which is right by Lily's apartment. And then you see Lily kind of standing at her window and snapping back into to consciousness. And she starts gasping, turns around, and she sees Sergey sitting in her bed. And he asks her if she had had a bad dream. Okay, so here's, okay, this is where I got caught up a bit. Um, so in this new world, does devs exist? It does not exist. Okay. And I think that was shown when they... They were, there was a big pan of the a field. Open where devs, yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and it wouldn't make sense for devs to exist, right? Yep. No, totally. Yeah. So then this is what this is where my question is. What is Sergey going to interview for if there is no devs? Well, yeah, here's the other question. Is is Sergey a Russian spy in this okay. in this world? So you like, think if maybe, yeah. Maybe because there's no some point other- for him to be a spy, right? What what is yeah. there for him to steal or <laughs> exactly. break into? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's kind of weird that, but what is, what is he doing? Do you think he's interviewing for just some other non-devs position or? Yeah, I, I assume that in the lack of the devs project, there is some other super, super secret project that has been created at Amaya. Got it. And Maybe. I want to also say in this world, Sudoku is not a Russian messaging app, but a secret like dating app that he allow, allows him to communicate with <laughs> some other be, yeah. like, girl that he's <laughs> cheating on with. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, this is where I'm getting, I'm like, I'm having a lot of issues. It's like, what, Sergey is, yeah, what, what's up with uh, what's going on with his arc? And like, if he's not a Russian spy, then what is Homeless Pete doing? Like, why would, why would a guy who is forced to become a homeless spy or a homeless uh, person 
basically still be a homeless person in this other world when he'd probably still be a Russian spy, but not... Well, if he's not a Russian spy, then Lily also has no reason to go back to Jamie as well, right? Because like, <laughs> he's... I mean, that's the only reason he she moved on from Sergei, right? Apparently, because he'd been hiding a secret. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this kind of goes into a broader question as to why even give her her previous memories in this new world? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just... <laughs> I don't understand the benefit of that. Yeah, it feels like it's almost more a curse than a blessing. Yeah, but maybe like it, you know that in the real world, all your closest friends are dead. But you know, at least you have knowledge that in this fake world that they're alive. Like that works for Forrest, but I don't know how that works for Lily or how that's like you know a benefit for. Her. Sure, I think. Well, I know you're a Jamie skeptic, but given how the show ends, maybe the her true happiness is is ending up with Jamie, and that's the only way she will actually do that is by having this kind of knowledge of what happened in the real world, but. Um, so then you have, uh, Lily walking across this, uh, iconic bridge from, uh, UC Santa Cruz. My wife actually, she was kind of casually watching the show while I was, and she totally recognized the bridge and that's where she went to school. So she thought that was pretty cool. And Lily walks over it. Um, and through the, they still have the trees with the halo lighting, but you go into this clearing, as you mentioned, where devs. Uh, obviously used to be and it's no longer there but you do see Forrest kind of running around and playing with his wife and daughter and they have not aged one bit (laughs) that's true it's probably it probably should have been at least several years right like if if Forrest conceives of this devs program in order to have the objective of seeing his daughter again it's probably got to be at least many years so that's weird yeah my question here also is like so they have the memories of what the dev system projected their memories to be in another universe? Or am I just I thinking know. about this I too hard? I, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's the problem with the show. If you start thinking too hard, uh, your brain just hurts. But it, it's still fun to think about. Um, and then you have uh, Forrest and Lily kind of rehashing, or at least Forrest filling her in on what's going on. Um, Forrest telling Lily that they're in the system and that this is the, the resurrection as promised. Uh, Which makes them messiahs. Exactly. Uh, They're messiahs and Forrest says to see it as an afterlife. Um, But yeah, kind of like this, it's a simulation, but it's uh, idealistic in a heaven. So um, you're living your your perfect afterlife, but it's not technically real. Here's my question. Yep. Why did Forrest decide to reinsert them at that particular moment in time? Hmm. Because he specifically mentions like, hey, this is a few days where presumably Sergei dies. Hmm. Um, so knowing all that, why didn't he insert them back into a time, I don't know, when Lily and Jamie were together, for example, right? Then she doesn't have to deal with all the drama that she just dealt with the last few days, if it's still going to unfold the same way, right? Because, I mean, he knows Sergei's a spy. He knows there's Russians involved. And yet he decides to reinsert them at a time where she's still a Sergey. Like it just mm. seemed like poor planning on Forrest's part. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe maybe he wants to give her the choice between Sergey and Jamie. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm I'd be curious about that too. I mean probably more just a more of a um Alex Garland choice than a than what makes sense for Forrest. But yeah. Um yeah, so I guess we talked about this just now, but Forrest says that he asked Katie to resurrect them using data right before before their death. So, you know, we've kind of discussed this, but 
good to point out that this is why they have the memories in this new simulation, uh, memories of, of from the actual world uh, from what played out. So yeah. it's because Katie resurrected them into the simulation using data from right before when they died. I have this very morbid visual of Katie collecting the two bodies and then throwing it on top of the mouse and in that whatever mechanism they (laughs) use to scan all the bodies and objects. (laughs) I just picture, I mean, I assume that's how you're able to scan the memories and get the subatomic properties to be able to resurrect yourself in a, in a simulation. Mm. So that's creepy. I don't envy the job that Katie had to do to get that accomplished. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, Forrest talks about how this is the cross they have to bear, you know, no, having these memories from the previous world, but he says it's worth it. You get used to it. Clearly, he's just overjoyed to be with his with his family. Um, and then this was sorry, this is what I've been getting to earlier, uh, but I just wanted to cover those few points was that they're talking about how there are many worlds and we're actually living in many worlds. This one is paradise, but the other ones are closer to hell. And then you get this, uh, these shots of kind of different cuts of similar views, but the color scheme is different, right? Like the one they're in is kind of more white and angelic. And then they cut quickly to a, a similar scene, but it's more of a red, golden, kind of ominous hue yeah. to it. Which... The worlds that Forrest describes as closer to hell. Exactly. Yeah. Which, so are, in those worlds, are they not, is Forrest not with his family then? Because if he's having that conversation with Lily, you would still think he'd be with his family in the field. But I wasn't sure how to read that. He he ends that he ends that statement with a little kind of tongue in cheek. Just thought I'd exercise a little free will. Little zing there. I like yeah. that. Um, and and it, and he also talks about how you know says Lily. Uh, Lily asks. Lily says she doesn't know what she's going to do now. Right, like living in this world or in the simulated world, but with the knowledge of what happened before and Forrest says, well, that's easy. You do what you always do. You follow your own path. That's what's special about you. So I want to pause here. Yep. Yep. Cause I, I thought about that line when he, when he tells her she's special mm-hmm. I mean, and it made me think back to the projection that Forrest showed her of her, um, shooting him in the, in the cube. And I want to throw out the idea that maybe Forrest intentionally showed her a fake projection, knowing that she was going to deviate from that projection. Interesting. So he already so, looked into the future. Okay. And he knew he knew how everything was going to play out. Um, but he knew that he had to show her a fake projection so that Lily ah. would throw the gun. When she threw out the gun, it would show that her presumably deviating when in actuality, no, she's not deviating. It's just how <laughs> everything played out. But he allowed that to happen so that now in this simulated world, he can give her some peace of mind by being like, see, you're special. You can carve your own path. You know, you're able to do, make your own decisions. So live your life now. Interesting. I like that. That's a good theory. I'm on board with that. Yeah. I mean, I just created another paradox essentially saying that determinism <laughs> is now yeah, back right. on the table as being right. true. But. <laughs> uh, interesting. Um, but cool. So, uh, after that, we we cut back uh, and we see Senator Lane from, I think, episode four, uh, the powerful senator. She's actually back and in devs and watching the sim with Katie and asking Katie what it's like, um, asking Katie if anyone else knows about this. And Katie says that no one does uh, and that she 
you know, very solemn, solemnly, she just says, I just need you to help me keep it switched on. Um, and you see Katie kind of like we were talking about earlier, she seems both extremely happy to see Forrest reunited with his family because he's happy, but also sad because she's not there uh, with him, with, with her, her lover. So, um, so what do you, what does she mean by asking for the Senator's help to help keep this thing on like, just keep it secret or pass legislation uh, that allows them to continue to operate or physically I, like just make sure the power bill is paid. <laughs> I was wondering about that too. Like I, I didn't know what the, like why they had to bring the Senator back in. Right. Like, yeah, maybe it is something like, I don't know, maybe the devs uses a crazy amount of power and they needed a, a reason to justify why they were still running it or, or, or needed protection or coverage. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was, that was kind of weird. I'm on, I wonder if maybe they're like, sharing data with the government like the government's mm. collecting data on humans devs is also collecting data and by combining all that they are able to you know run these accurate projections no so. i like that so the senator is like hey as long as we can get some info out of it we're happy to keep it switched on and yeah. let forest live in this in the simulation but we get some yeah. info on like what the russians are doing or something yeah uh, i like that. that that's a good good take on it um, and then last scene, you want to talk about the last scene with Lily, uh, running, uh, in, in downtown San oh, Francisco. I didn't even write that down in my notes. Cause I was totally, I must've just like blocked it out of my memory, but yeah, she, uh, goes back to find Jamie, I think in the same area outside where he works, uh, of David Wallace and just gives him a hug. And Jamie initially appears a little surprised, but I think the final scene is him just, you know, returning that hug and I don't know, happy ending, fade to black, blah, blah, blah. But as you can imagine, I was a little disappointed <laughs> with that resolution because once again, it has been implied time again that Lily left Jamie for a particular reason. And so for him to just fall back in her arms, without any explanation whatsoever is just kind of, I don't know, a little weak part on his move. Yeah, I agree. Cause I think obviously the show makes you work root for Jamie, even though you in particular don't really like him that much. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really, I like him as a character. I just don't like him with Lily because of how Lily yeah. treated him. No, that's, I think that's totally fair. And that's kind of where I'm going is like, you know, what, what made Lily break up with him in the first place? Like, why does this really reconcile them and, and guarantee that they're going to be a happy couple? I mean, obviously she will be devoted to him because of what he did in, in the quote real world. And now in the yeah. simulation, she's going to be all on board with him. But. but everything that made Lily fall back in love with Jamie hasn't happened in this world. To I mean, this totally is, true. In this world, true. this is the same Jamie that Lily up to this point was like, I cannot be with you. Like he has not exhibited <laughs> any of the mm. tendencies or actions mm. that in the real world made Lily realize this is the guy that's really for me. That's fair. He only had the potentially the capacity to do it, but he's not going to be confronted with those situations that uh, yeah. elicit that behavior that makes her fall back in love with him. Correct. That's kind of interesting. But we get our, our happy ending uh, and you get this this interesting stare by of, of Jamie off into the distance, clearly kind of wondering what what happens. He seems a little defensive um, and then seems to kind of relent and give in to her hug. And that's when you or cut. Maybe, or maybe Devs was all along a secret Jamie project. <laughs> <laughs> just to get back with Lily. Yeah. I mean, if this show had ended with like it panning out and just what and showing like a wide screenshot of Jamie looking at a projection screen, <laughs> then I would have been like, all right, 
You win, Jamie. Oh, uh, that would be pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's how the and that's how the, the episode and the season and the and the series end. Um with the the pretty happy ending, I guess. But yeah, so that's the episode. That was that's quite a lot to to walk through. Um so I guess just what are your overall impressions of the of the finale? What'd you think? Were you satisfied? I enjoyed it. I I, I got everything I wanted out of it. I know some people who had crafted all these crazy theories, you and me included, might have gone in expecting a little bit more. But I think when I viewed the last couple of episodes and rewatched them, I was like, you know, this this show isn't trying to wow us with a crazy storyline. It's trying to get us to think and talk and just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, do what we're doing right now, theorize about about the devs project and what what it's like to have control over your life or no control at all. And I think the whole point of this was to elicit some discussion. And I think the show did a wonderful job of, of accomplishing that. Yep. I, I honestly a hundred percent agree. I, I think I had been hoping part of me was hoping for some sort of crazy twist, but honestly didn't really come. And, and now I'm not that disappointed. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm in more... a way our crazy theories are the show's multiverse out endings, right? Ooh. Okay. No, I, I, I was I was satisfied, even though, yeah, there wasn't necessarily a, a real crazy twist. I I was happy with how it ended. I thought they they wrapped up a, a lot of a lot of things and and felt pretty satisfied uh, coming out of this. I do have some odds and ends that I want to yep. just throw out. Yep. Some of these are stupid, short. Some of these actually are thought provoking, but I'm going to start with the stupid one. Let's hear it. What would you say? How tall is the Amaya statue? Hmm. This is like I'm one gonna, of those consulting interview questions you get. Do you, do you, you don't have the answer in front of you. I don't have the answer, but I want to hear you think it out loud. All right. So I'm going to say, uh, I guess I would probably have to do it in relation to like the trees that you often see Amaya around. And I so I would roughly say she's like three to four times as tall as those trees, potentially more. Maybe there's more claims, but four to five times higher. So let's say... Let's say four times taller than those trees. So, what type of trees are they? I, I, I don't know. They, well, if they were they redwoods, redwoods or sequoia, they were sequoias, yeah. maybe. Well, uh, if they were redwoods, I looked this up. An average redwood is like two hundred feet. So that would put mm-hmm. Amaya in your estimate at around I don't know eight eight to a thousand eight hundred to a thousand. Oh, they grow to an average height of fifty to eighty-five meters, or one hundred sixty-five to two hundred eighty feet. Wow, oh, that's oh. pretty good. Okay, but they, some of the redwoods. Yeah, not necessarily. It might not all be fully grown, but so let's say they're 200 feet uh, and she's three to four times as high. So she's maybe six to 800 feet tall. So like as, yeah. as tall as like the Salesforce building in downtown San Francisco ish, something like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that it's that large, right? Cause symbolically it kind of says, Hey, we Amaya are watching you. From up above, like from up above, yeah, from Mount from Olympus or something. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Maybe Alex Garland will say on one of his uh, future. Maybe we'll come on the the mailbag episode of this podcast and yeah. we can ask him how tall. Okay. It. All right. Second question. Yep. So, do you have to be dead to be inserted in this simulated world that Forrest and Lily got inserted? Like, if we had never reached the point where Lily tried to murder Forrest. Would Forrest still have been able to accomplish his goal? Uh, that's a great question. Like, I could they have accomplished the same thing with them alive? 
So does he need to be dead in order to be sent into yeah. a simulation? I guess I hadn't really thought about it. I can't think of anything right now that would point me to like, oh yeah, you have to be dead or not. Uh, so yeah, what do you think? Um, I guess the only requirement is for you to be able to sit in that little mouse contraption, right? To be, yeah. to be scanned, right? So I guess you don't really have to be dead. Um, in which case, I don't know. It's it's this is still kind of a tragic ending, in my opinion, because he Forrest could have accomplished the same outcome um, and still mm. be alive in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but if even if he's alive in the real world, is he really happy if all he's thinking about is is the simulation? That's true. That I mean that that was kind of more of a. Uh, Especially since they were able to transfer his memories and thoughts to this simulated world. Yep. Yep. Right, because if he was still alive in the real world, he would have that sadness of not being the actual forest that's yeah. with Amaya, right? Yeah. And I'd imagine okay. if he were still alive in the real world, he'd probably be watching the simulation of himself in the simulation yeah. with his family anyway, okay, right? So like, I don't know what else. Forrest ultimately had to die for him <laughs> to accomplish his, so, his yeah. main goal. Okay. All right. Two more. Yep. Let's hear it. So let's revisit. I know a lot of discussion has been said about this so what looking back ultimately caused the static in the projection because one we see the projection up to lily and forrest's death after she shoots him but two people are saying it's her deviation that causes the static but that deviation happens before she shoots forrest which we saw so i'm still a little confused as to what ultimately caused this Dev's machine to go haywire. Yeah, I'm thinking it doesn't about stop it. at their. It stops at their death apparently, but then you're you're saying a moment that happened before their death is what ultimately caused the static, which kind of you know is kind of a paradox in itself. That's true. I, I yeah, I'm thinking about it now, and it's kind of hurting to think about it. I do think the kind of easy answer is her deviation, her um, you know original sin of tossing the gun out and not following right. through. But I, it's a good point on the, the specifics. But then you there. wouldn't be able to see beyond that moment, yep. right? Yeah. Which leads to the other paradox. We are led to believe that the static is the result of the deviation. But if the machine can show the static, that means <laughs> it predicted the deviation, right? So yeah. it, it ultimately is correct. No, I mean, like, I feel like <laughs> this is kind of like going back to, to, to the many questions we got around, like, hey, if you could know what your... Uh, what you were doing 10 seconds in the future and you could stop it from not doing that, you know, but I think mean, these are valid questions, I think, yeah. but it'll probably, uh, be, uh, yeah. Diving in on those as is would definitely make my head spin, but good questions. And then my last thing is, is, is very small, but I, I think there was, we questioned earlier how they were able to simulate what looked like Sergey in episode two burning himself. And I think, this episode shows they can essentially simulate any world they want. Oh, I see. So they can, yep. they can program it into their system, whether it's real or not. Um, and, well, and that kind of ties back to the, what you brought up earlier around maybe Forrest showing Lily something different to get her to do or not do something, right? Yeah. I just thought of that. That, that kind of linked with you know, them being able to show you know, Sergey burning. Um, that just made me think of that. Well, cool. I like the I like the odds and ends. Um, well, I was just going to say thank you, Jimmy. This was awesome. 
thanks, Micah, uh, our our uh, our guest on episode six. It was great having you on there, and and thanks to our listeners. This is kind of cheesy, but it was uh, it was really fun doing this. We did not think we'd have uh, nearly this big uh, a listening base, but it's been pretty cool. I think we're closing in on you know four or five thousand listens uh, to this show, which is awesome and unexpected. And yeah, James, do you want to share the 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 voicemail and an email line just in case you guys wanted to to shoot us any more kind of theories, questions, thoughts, feedback? We'd we'd love that. Yeah, if people still want to discuss ideas or thoughts or theories about what happened in this episode or the series as a whole, or if they want to yell at us some more from incorrectly calling Lyndon. Um, I didn't do that this he. episode. I did call him. I did. Uh, I said, yeah, and well, I said him. Man. He appears in one five second scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you still want to reach out to us, our email is talkingdevs at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail at 818-860-0421. Um, and apologies again to everyone who's already reached out to us that we haven't been able to get back to. Um, it's just we've been slammed with uh, with work. So We've been trying to eventually get back to everyone. So if you haven't heard back from us yet, just hold on. Yeah. And if you have more, send us more. We'll, we'll, we definitely read all of them for sure. Uh, and we'll try to get back to you. Um, we really appreciate getting those. And, and one, one thing I would say, I don't know what you think, uh, Jimmy, but if anyone has uh, other shows, either past, present, or upcoming that they'd want us to do a podcast on, uh, please let us know. We'd be we'd be down. We had a lot of fun doing this, so we'd be totally down to do it again. So let us know your thoughts on that. Hopefully, something that's a little easier for me to comprehend <laughs> no, right. and grasp. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah, less mind bending than this potentially. Uh, we'll do our ninety day fiance podcast at some point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, any 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 thoughts on that? We'd we'd love to to hear about some new shows you you'd want us to do. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I just want to thank you, Scott, for joining me on this. I was glad I was glad to be able to have someone to kind of throw all my crazy ideas out of and share my uh, Jamie hate with. So thank you for <laughs> indulging me with these last couple of weeks. No, appreciate that. Yeah, it's been been awesome, and and you were the the rock star producer, uh, getting everything uh, recorded and up uploaded. Um, so appreciate you doing that. Um, and yeah, I, this was this was great. Uh, yeah, let us know if any other shows you want us to do. And, and thank you all for tuning in. Maybe if we get enough uh, mail and questions and everything, maybe we'll do a follow-up mailbag pod. Um, so please send those those uh, our way if, if you'd like to. And before we end, we promised our listeners you would do this. You know Gosh. where I'm going? I There's two directions it's going, and I, I feel uh, sober for one of them and ill-prepared for the other one all right well, which one do you want to go with first basically we promised that scott <laughs> would try to recite as many fibonacci oh, numbers shit. as possible and we also promised that he would try to recreate the uh, caveman chanting that has <laughs> appeared in a few episodes this season so if you are still listening uh, this is your little treat this is your little post post credits uh scene to uh, send you off into the weekend oh my god all right I, Let's start with the easier one first. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's probably the noise because <laughs> even though that's way more embarrassing, probably. Uh, let's see. And, I, and again, I'm, I, I drank too early. I started drinking four hours ago, so unfortunately, not. I'm way too sober for this part. But let's see if I can do this. Mm-p- mm-ts. 
what do you think? Did that did that pull you back know. into <laughs> to episode six? That's uh, pretty good, I must say. Oh gosh, uh, well, I you, felt like I was watching a simulation for a last moment. time. I actually I watched it right before we did the podcast. I re-listened to that, but I didn't really get to refresh right. uh, the cue there. Fibonacci wise, oh my god, this is gonna be bad. All right, zero, one, one, two, three, five, eight, thirteen, twenty-one, thirty-four. 55, 89, 144, 50, five. Uh, Okay, I'm stopping. I think I got one more number than last time, maybe. And I don't even know if those are right. All right. Your last two are 89 and 144. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. So what is that, like 12 numbers or something? 13. Okay. Damn. I need... I, if work was too busy these past few weeks, but I am, uh, I am going to get up to the thirty spot and do it for Micah and win the hundred dollars that he promised me. <laughs> was that how many you had to do? Yeah, thirtieth wow, number is long. Yeah, it's, I can do it. I can do okay. it. Anyways, right. I don't know if anyone's still listening. They they should not be, but um, at least there's that bonus content uh, uh, behind the paywall. Um, well, cool. Well, thanks, Jimmy. This has been awesome. Uh, appreciate all the work you did on this. And uh, hopefully we will, we will uh, catch our listeners on another podcast in the near future. Great. Thanks, everyone.